0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: Another phenomenal show on the docket here. Hopefully it turns out what we have planned uh, oh know,
2: how does it that you plans just, never yeah okay. nothing ever works out as planned
1: this hero of the week mm-hmm. really cool he's training pitbull owners and you know pitbulls get a bad rap yeah, so we're going to find out about this also a guy who's invented a dating website for pet owners so if you're a pet for owner
2: dog owners dog owners yes specifically dogs
1: oh okay hmm.
2: you must we'll, love dogs
1: we'll find out about that in just a couple of minutes from the newsroom miss Tammy Trujillo what are you working on
3: Here's what I've got coming up in the news, and this is huge for dog lovers because one of the most deadly diseases in puppies and dogs, Parvo there may actually be a very affordable and extremely effective treatment it's being tested right now and if all goes well this thing is going to be on the market come fall and this is fantastic wow. news
1: i've heard yeah. about this yeah, this is yeah. going to change mm-hmm. the whole horizon doesn't There's mean no you pain. shouldn't it uh, do the
3: preventative shots shots. oh absolutely absolutely but you know if the dog got sick before you got the shot mm. or yep. you know something bad happened parvo usually is just hey i'm sorry your puppy's going to die usually Death death sentence, soon. yes yes. Yeah, or or and, if you and
2: can treat it, it costs you thousands of oh, dollars. Yeah.
3: Absolutely, with no guarantees. Well, this is mm-hmm. very expensive. You'll be absolutely surprised at how inexpensive it is, and puppies are bouncing back in two days. This this mm. is a miracle. Wow. Wow. This, this qualifies, I say, as a miracle.
1: Okay, more information about that on the way with Tammy Trujillo in just a couple of minutes. Let's go to the phones for you, and let's go to Mike. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing
4: today? Good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Colorado. I love it. Beautiful, colorful Colorado. What's up? Uh, not much. Just thought I'd call in. I had a question for uh, Doctor
5: Debbie. She's right here. All right. So what's going on?
4: Well, a while ago, I've got two Sitsus and one of the the younger sutsu One day we come home, was walking kind of funny. Um, born to a litter that had a lot of problems, and um, kind of limped around. Lost his appetite for a while. We took him to the vet. And she did some x-rays on him and kind of find out he doesn't have a tailbone.
5: Oh, what? interesting.
4: Yeah. And, you know, of course, they've always told us, you know, we should crate him, not let him run, jump, that type of thing. And this is just one happy little puppy. He's seven years old. Um, he's still a puppy. He never outgrew that stage. He's just happy as can be all the time. Um We've had, you know, we've started putting him on pain medication to help out um, with his back and stuff, but kind of curious, you know, what does future hold? I mean, is there going to come a time where, you know, possibly maybe he can't walk at all because of not having a tailbone?
5: Well, it kind of depends a little bit on where we're talking. Now, if we're talking about a tailbone, so I want to make sure we're clear visually. So did they find that he was lacking the proper number of vertebrae in his back?
4: Well, according to the vet, he has none. No
5: tailbone at all. No tailbone at all. Mm Mm-hmm. So... I need to know a little more, I guess, specifics and locations uh, where. Now, so was he having problems that with? You said he was having trouble getting around. Did the doctor feel that that was uh, attributed to his um, lack of a bone back there?
4: Yeah, what we think had happened was we had been out fishing. I think the dog tried to jump on the couch and possibly missed it, and mm, maybe okay. you know, kind of tweaked his back a little. Okay. And at that point, you know, had lost his appetite a little and just wanted to kind of lay around, not do anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just not this dog. This dog is, you know, happy-go-lucky all the time. So that's when we found out, and the vet was really shocked to find out that, you know, the as she explained to me, basically he has no tailbone.
5: Okay. Well, there's some different things that, that are coming to mind as you're describing that. And now he has a tail, I take it, right? Yes. Okay. So as we're looking along a dog's spine, there's different locations of vertebrae. So there's a vertebrae in the neck, what we call the cervical area, in the chest, um, kind of the thoracic. That's the main part of the body. The lumbar area, which is kind of the lower spine, and that joins into an area called the sacrum, which is where the tail vertebrae come off. So depending on where the location of the lack of the bone, there's, there's definitely bones there, but we are missing something important in that area. Now, not... Every dog that has a inherited spine disorder like that, not all of them will have problems. And the problems can occur when the lack of the bone or if there's a shifting um, of the nearby vertebrae where that causes some compression against the spine. So if the doctor felt that kind of the walking funny and all of that might be attributed to that, you know, this might be the beginning of some problems that are coming. Um, if it was just something that they felt, you know, it was more strain or a sprain that he did just just kind of being a being a you know a young active uh, goofball, then um, this may just be an incidental finding, something to know about that. No, he has a special area, and that he may develop some problems. Doesn't guarantee it though at all. So, okay. uh, but I, I do think it is something very important to be aware of. And in the in the lower back area, when we have a congenital problem with the bones, we are very watchful for things that are jumping related, so up and down, crazy acrobatic type stuff. Can potentially put a pet who has a weak area, if you will, um, put them a little bit more at risk for injury. So that would be, you know, a type of activity I would use some caution in um, guiding him what he can and can't do, and also making sure you know he stays in good healthy weight and watch for some of the most common symptoms of lower spine. Disorders and those can be things where the legs might be wobbly or a little sloppy, if you will, so they don't kind of walk on the nice right, left, right, left. They kind of sway a little bit like they had too many margaritas at the bar.
4: He's a skipper, he's he always skips when he walks, he's done that since he was a puppy.
5: Okay. Well, that and that may be either his personality or you know his kneecap. Sometimes that kind of thing co- goes on in these little guys. But so having wobbly back legs or having problems where we're getting up and down. So if we see almost like an old dog, where if they're kind of push and groan to get up, that might be a sign that we're having some problems in that lower area. And then the other thing would be really watching urine and defecation um, down in the pelvic area. If we have problems with those nerves, occasionally we can see some problems with continence. Um, So that would be something to really make sure we're not having accidents or having difficulties going.
4: Going okay. Um, We've also been thinking, you know, the most jumping he does is the floor to the couch area because the bed's too high. He can't make it. So he always lets us, you know, put him up and put him down. But I was thinking about getting one of those little stairs for dogs. uh
5: Uh-huh
4: to walk yeah. up and down the couch area and stuff like that? you think that would help?
5: You know, it certainly can. In my preference, you know, I always tell my clients, you know, don't let them do this. And they look at me and like, really, Doc? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, really. That's the ideal. So if we can't have the ideal work, then things like the doggy stairs can be a great way to kind of meet in the middle with him and say, look him in the eye and say, okay, I don't want you to go up here without me helping you, but if you're going to do it, I'd like you to use these stairs and teach him how to use those.
4: Okay, great. Well, thank, All right. you, well, thank you so much. much
5: for your call. Yeah, and give that give that baby a good pat on my head on his head. Um, I love my Shih Tzus.
4: Yep. All righty. <laughs>
1: Doctor Debbie knows her Yorkshire Terriers, her Shih Tzus, her Pugs, and her Mini Schnauzers. And check out her books: How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend on Kindle, and uh, we have links over at the Animal Radio website. Tammy, what are you working on for this hour?
3: Well, you know how they have crash test dummies when they try to see how safe cars are for people. Uh huh. Well, now there are crash. Test dogs. Wow! Yeah, there are because they there's a there's an organization there really honestly is and it its whole job is to make sure that pet products are safe. And they created these crash test dogs to make sure that these in-car harnesses that are being recommended for dogs, so they don't bounce around in an accident. So these harnesses actually do what they're supposed to do and keep the dogs safe and don't break because a study we talked about a couple of months ago, these harnesses were an absolute joke. So this company now has crash test dogs to check them on and a special seal of approval on the harnesses that are rated actually to do the work. And we'll tell you how you can figure that out when you go Go to the store and buy once so you get the right one.
1: Very cool. I actually know the people that are working on these studies here, and mm-hmm. it's nice that there's finally a standard for
6: yeah, these Yeah, that they're restraints. regulated. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Absolutely, because you spend the money on the product saying, okay, I'm going to do this to keep my dog safe, and then the stupid thing fails. Mm-hmm. Horrible, right? So this way, at least you have some assurance that you're putting your money on the right product, that it's going to do the job you're buying it to do.
1: You know, not a lot of people know this, and I'll just tell you Right now before this job, I was actually a crash test dummy. So yeah. That
3: explains mm-hmm. a lot Hal. I-, I was you read my mind, Judy. I'm so sorry. I was about to say that.
7: Animal radio coming at you with the party animal. That's me, Vinnie Penn, and nice to be back here. You know that my daughter's goldfish Betty was either murdered or killed herself or just died of natural causes. She was a year old. Maybe a little over a year, actually. It's not like we bought her and watched her hatch from a goldfish egg. Do they hatch from eggs? I don't really know. Nonetheless, my daughter has now decided what she wants her new pet to be, and it is the natural evolution. It is what you would think the next animal would be after having a goldfish, and that's a horse. Yes, a horse. I don't know where she thinks we're going to put it, but the horse, uh, well, we do have a two car garage. I guess that's rather extravagant to a six year old. There's some show she watches on the BBC where snobbish, uh, British equestrians fight over who gets to ride Calico today. Calico is my horse. Don, you Mine. And now all of a sudden, my daughter Stella thinks she can take care of a horse, ride a horse, when what comes out of a horse is twice the size of her. But yes, uh, her goldfish died. And and I said to her, well, we can move on. What's the next pet you would like? Is the family ready for a dog? I still didn't really recover from the passing of my last dog. But for my kids, I will. And she's like, "Uh, I think I kind of know what's next. I'm like, "Uh oh, is it going to be a cat? I'm not that, you know, I. I've had some friends with cats that I love, but I was a little bit worried it was going to be a cat. And she goes, a horsey. Okay, go down to the horse store and pick out a horse. And what's the name for it? And of course, Stella, ever creative with her names for horses. Well, I just said, horsey. So yes, um, when the time comes and we're in the bigger house... And if this passion continues, thanks to that snobbish BBC series, Vinnie Penn, your party animal, will be the owner of Horsey the Horse.
8: Attention sports fans. Now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home. With Dish for about 50 bucks a month. free installation as soon as tomorrow but you gotta call all american dish right
9: now 800-380-4452 800-380-4452 800-380-4452 that's 800-380-4452
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
10: he He said, We're all across the USA, the most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio, we're everywhere you go.
5: Animal Radio. Animal Radio.
1: Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Very good. Where are you calling from today?
10: I'm from West Virginia. What city? It's Charleston.
1: Are you listening on WSCW? Oh.
10: Uh, yes, we I listen at.
1: You guys, I love you out there. Thank you so much. I love your <laughs> southern draw. I, I just get so <laughs> tickled with the southern draw. But I know you're calling about turtles, right? Right. What's going on?
10: And, well, my daughter got this little turtle. It was not bigger than... Well, it was a little bit bigger than a quarter when she first got it. Ooh. Okay, but we've had it for like five years now. And it's now probably about the size of a child's baseball mitt. Okay. Wow. Okay. It's grown. Wow. It's, grown. it's really grown. And the problem is, is that my daughter has gotten a back problem, where she's having a hard time getting this huge tank that it's in cleaned. Okay. Okay and what i wanted to know is if there's any way that it can be released without i mean i, I mean we'll keep it and figure out something but I, what i wanted to know is if, it, if they can be released safely you know okay. she, he's been with us for a long time <laughs>
5: Sure. Now, the thing I'll tell you is the red-eared slider, while it is found, you know, out in the wild and in, in much of the country, um, it increasingly has become what we call an invasive species. So people take their pet sliders and they get to a point where they can't manage them and they release them into the wild. And they actually can be a huge problem impacting other wildlife, whether it be plant or fish species, species, um, or other, um, animals competing for the same food source. So we, we really don't recommend that. Um, and not only that, but there's also diseases we can introduce that might be present in captivity that we can bring to those wild, um, turtles. So I, I, don't recommend that. What I would say is, you know, if it's no longer possible to keep this turtle in your house, um, you know, I would certainly look into adopting it. Um, you know, there are. Yeah, and you can actually check with your, um, if you check for local herpetological societies, there's a lot of, uh, you know, these, believe it or not, there's a lot of reptile lover groups out there. We have them out in, in my Vegas area. And you can get some good um, direction from those individuals on who might um, be able to take the turtle um, or adopt it. Um, so, um, you know, th- well, they have special needs, so.
10: Yeah. What about, okay, it's in this a big aquarium, but what, can they, can they be put in, um, like, a tote or something that's not as heavy? Or do they just, I mean, I didn't know if that kind of plastic would hurt the turtle or, you know. You said a, in a tote? A tote, like, yeah, you know, like a big tote, a big plastic tote. And it would have more like room. A storage I, tote. I, I, okay. I don't know if they could. Can they get out? I mean, are they. They're not all water, are they? I mean, they don't have to be in the water all the time, do they?
5: Not all the time, but they do need a good amount of water, um, to swim, to feed in, uh, you know, to soil in, and then also they'll have to have some area to get out and kind of dry out at times. So, in my experience, I find that aquariums are the the safest way to do that because we often, um, the plastics don't hold up well. Um, also the height of that does matter because these guys can climb out of their enclosure. So, you want to make sure you have, um, a proper fitting lid with a screen top. We can't forget that in captivity, we have to meet nature's, um, uh, you know, creation. So we have to provide UV light as well as a heat source, and plastic right. is not going to survive really well with that. Yeah, so yeah. Um, your, your glass enclosures are going to be the best way you can do that um, and contain, you know, the water and the soiling and all of that. Okay. So, uh,
6: what was
10: the name of the, the group, Herb, what was it that you called?
5: The... I would just uh, say herpetological society. Herpet- so if you look um, under, okay. like, herp uh, fanciers, and okay. it basically means um, folks that you know enjoy uh, reptiles of all different sorts.
10: Okay. Well, we love to too. I mean, we. But I mean, just Tonya's getting to where she can't. You know, it's hard for her to clean the tank and stuff. So, but anyway, I sure appreciate your help. Okay. And well, good luck I love with that the program. Well, I absolutely love it.
1: Well, thank you so much for listening there in Charleston, West Virginia. We appreciate that, Jerry. Call back if you have any further questions. Yeah. We had um, on, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, we had on the uh, president of the African, who was it? Lisa Lisa with with the
2: turtles turtle society Society. Mm -hmm.
1: and that she spends a lot of time really Mm -hmm. taking care of adopted turtles or turtles rehoming them them. people that
2: have passed away and looking for places for their turtles yes these
5: places exist it's funny that she called because this week we've had a kind of at my hospital we've had a rash of turtles and tortoises really being injured uh, chewed on by dogs really um being run over by cars in the driveway things like that so you know if you do take on one of these pets you know you have to to be aware of their environmental needs and and really make sure you have a safe they
1: live a long time don't they
5: they do and you know sliders can live up to you know 30 40 years um and they can get quite sizable you know up to you know 20 centimeters so they can get pretty darn big and and they can be a bit aggressive too so really know, okay yeah yeah, you have to watch your um just meaning i have one that comes in i think i talked about her before she lays eggs every year and uh, she'll take your fingertip if you get it close
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're listening to animal radio Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
8: Hi, Randy Travis here, and you're listening to Animal Radio.
6: People
1: say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food, simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free.
3: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. A few weeks back, we talked about a possibly more effective treatment and a far less expensive one for the deadly disease of parvo in puppies. That medicine is actually made from goose eggs and it's being tested at an animal shelter in Kansas City, Missouri. And folks at the shelter say it is making a huge difference. Puppies in what is being called the Kansas City Pet Project are bouncing back and starting to eat and drink within two days. That's about half the time it used to take if the puppies were able to bounce back at all. Now, this clinical trial is set to go through November. If it all continues to go well, this new treatment for Parvo could be on sale as soon as next spring at just about $75 per dose. Right now, current treatments for Parvo can easily run into the thousands of dollars, and often they don't work. So this is absolutely fantastic news for puppies. There's some bad news for greedy cats out there. An inventor in Taiwan has come up with a cat feeding machine that uses facial recognition technology. It's called the Bistro Smart Feeder, and it actually has an app that allows the pet parent to monitor their pet's diet history and health and even watch them eat live through a built-in camera. The feeder actually requires the cats to put their heads inside it. Now, that's the part I don't think is going to work so well, but we'll see. And the food and the water, I mean, cats putting their heads, they, they don't do that very easily. <laughs> anyway, the food and the water will only come out if the built-in computer recognizes them and only if they haven't eaten within a certain amount of time. The inventor is a fellow called Moo Chisung, and he says he got the idea after his cat Momo nearly died from pancreatitis due to his other cats taking more food than they should and not leaving enough for Momo. He pointed out that with cats, you often don't know they're sick until it's too late to help them. That's so true. And just to be on the safe side, the feeder does have a scale connected to it too to ensure the cat is recognized even if the facial recognition software fails to make sure that if that cat genuinely should be eating that it can well here's a really unique idea it's called the human walking project it's going on in salt lake city utah the county animal services there is taking its adoptable dogs to various office complexes and letting the people there walk them on their lunch hour The agency says it's a really good way to get people away from their desks, get them outside, doing a little exercise, and really help them de-stress. It also showcases the shelter dogs in a way better light than they often show in a kennel, and the program has resulted in several adoptions, and it's brand new, so it's off to a pretty good start. The Human Walking Project is actually patterned after a similar one that's been really successful up in Canada. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Is this Todd?
11: Yes, sir. How are you
3: doing? Good. How
11: are you doing, Todd? I have got an African gray that allows us to live in our house with him. Uh, we love our little birdie. Isn't
5: that the truth, though?
11: <laughs> His name is Tiki. We've had him about three years now, bought him in South Florida. We we'll moved up here to mm-hmm. North Carolina. When we first got him, love him. Adorable little pet would love to be loved, and his head scratched and all that. And he's developed a bad habit of uh, suckering you in with his low head down, and you come in, and then he bites. He bites good and hard. Mm-hmm. And we can't get him through the nipping stage, and it's not just a nip. He draws blood.
5: Yes. Uh, well, and this is a, a big problem. These guys are very clever, and like you said, uh, he's permitting you to live in his home, so he is patterning your behavior to that of which he desires. Now, I have to ask you, do, do you guys handle him as far as does he sit on your shoulder? Do you have him out interacting, or is he more um, a, a bird you don't handle a whole lot?
11: Um, he's, a- he's handled a lot. I wouldn't put him on my shoulder because I like my earlobes. But we do. He's <laughs> a, we have a, a little tree branch that we have on wheels. I mean, he's part of the family. We've got many critters in our house. We have two dogs, five cats, a Euromastic and an iguana.
6: So he's a okay.
11: part of our family. He's he's right in the living room. He's part of everything. He's super intelligent, picks up wording and sounds. I can never tell if my phone's ringing or the front doorbell's going off because he likes <laughs> to mess with us. He's super cool, and he could have such a super cool life if he was not drawing blood all the time.
5: I get it. Now, the, the big challenge here is that when birds do these kind of behaviors, especially when we have problem biting, we have to really kind of back up and look before this behavior happens. And you said that it kind of starts where he kind of looks cute and coy and drops his head down and wants a little petting. Now, if that is what precedes most of these bite attempts, we need to actually kind of intervene and not give in to that behavior. He's doing that, sets up the pattern for t- you to get bit, we need to try to find something else to redirect his behavior, so we don't continue this pattern. So, really, it is a matter of kind of taking control of some of the uh, the basic commands when it comes to, to birds, and that is that's kind of going back to the basics of you know perching, the up commands, the down commands, and having you be more in control of his world rather than the other way around. Now, if it's a matter of your fingers are going to get destroyed in the process and you're going to be having cuticles bleeding and uh, fingernails coming off and things like that, we don't want that to happen. So we want you to be comfortable and we want you to feel confident as you're working with him. So if you're right. going to be asking him to come out of the cage or getting him up on your finger, we want you to be doing that comfortably. If, if you can't do that, then we use a perch as kind of a, um, a substitute. Um, but I really, when he does that little cute, coy little thing, the last thing you want to do is give in scratch that head and, and a lot of birds you know these kind of cuddling behaviors they're very much a pair bonding behavior so that's what birds do in the wild when they're kind of got their mate and that's a very sexual a very bonding experience so in some cases that can actually be just a little bit too much and we'll see these aggressive behaviors um, kind of become a, a displaced behavior um, in, that, in that situation so I would say back off from any kind of cuddling and scratching with him, and go mm-hmm. back to the basics of the the perching, um, he and then the
11: cuddling and scratching as much anymore because it often leads to bloodshed. And the little man it, is so <laughs> intelligent that he will yell in my tone, "Tiki, no!" right before he bites me because he knows that's what's coming. <laughs> "Tiki, no!"
5: He's a pet. Exactly. We love
11: him. You know, he'll be around forever. But I'm tired of bleeding.
5: Exactly. And you know, and you got that because they are so smart and they understand there's a, there's something that's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to hear afterwards. So really we may have to stop that pattern of he does that behavior. Do not give into that. Give him something else to do. We want to give him some other behavior. And that's where giving the basic thing, like the step up command is just so important to give him something else to do or to think about. And then also we use food as a reward. So we really want to make sure that if anything, we kind of keep the food a little bit to the side. Use food as a treat and a reward when you're having these little training sessions. So I'm not saying starve him, <laughs> but sometimes uh, it's a great motivator. And if he doesn't have a full bowl of food ready for him, he might be more um, primed to work for those extra treats. Um, and, and, you know, one thing, if you haven't looked for this, this is a great resource. I do tell a lot of my bird um, uh, lovers to uh, purchase is a, a book. Basically, it's called... Uh, uh, birds for Dummies, I believe, is one of the regular old Amazon books out there. But it does have a very nice section on basic bird behavior, and it kind of puts it in the mindset of, you know, this is what my action is, and this is what the bird's going to do, and how do we break some of these cycles? Um, because it is a complicated issue. and gosh, I, you know, we could probably chat for, you know, a good hour or two about some of the different behaviors and how we intervene I with them. I could chew
11: your ear off on, on just, I would like to hang out with somebody else who had an African grade to watch their bird, because either that's normal or mine's out of his mind, because A, he will walk backwards when he's on the floor, he will slam <laughs> his head into the ground and looks like a dinosaur running. I mean, he's hilarious, and he's,
5: oh. he's loved,
11: he, he, he loves us, but he also loves to bite us, which is extremely annoying.
5: Yes, well, they are great comedians, so that's the one thing. And, and they, uh, you know, they know that he's getting your attention. So, you know, you're laughing, you're entertained, and he's running the show. So, um, yeah, yeah as much as it is, you know, we don't want to react to the biting. We don't want to give a negative, uh, response because birds don't really respond well to that, as you probably figure it out if you yell at them. Uh, it just, it, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't help anywhere he in that me. body. Now, I guess the question would be is, you know, if he can mimic, uh, you know, arguments between husband and wife, that would be kind of interesting. <laughs>
11: he picks up more things than I need to say on the radio.
1: They're, they're <laughs> smart birds. We wish you the best of luck with that. Let us know how that turns out. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. And during these uncertain times, Red Barn is grateful for the consistent love and joy our pets bring into our lives. They're also grateful for their all-natural, long-lasting dog chews. Now diligently working alongside their pet parents, your dog deserves a break in between video chat appearances and lap sitting. Red Barn chews are the natural way to distract your dog during the day or give their paws a break from typing up emails. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal
0: Radio. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
6: Dogs or cats, horse or emu
10: are people too. In Cincinnati, a lucky 7-year-old girl won an 8-pound lobster in a local supermarket raffle. But the lobster was really the lucky one. Miranda Hutchins was determined to win Bubba the lobster so she could set him free. Easier said than done. After winning, Miranda's family called and emailed zoos and aquariums, but none of them wanted Bubba. Finally, Mike Britson from the Columbus Zoo contacted a diver in Maine who agreed to find Bubba a home in the Atlantic. Miranda's family spent $280 to send Bubba to Maine in a foam container. Bubba should be safe from the dinner plate in Maine waters where lobsters his size are illegal to catch and keep. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
8: Try our slow-roasted, natural, meaty bones.
11: Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. on Animal Radio. Live simply so that others may simply live.
0: Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy.
1: Let's go ahead and take one for Dr. Debbie right now. We have Pinky on the Hey, Pinky, how are you doing?
12: I'm doing fine. How are you? I love
1: that name. How would you get that name?
12: Um, actually, the day I was born, my grandmother gave it to me because I was soaking, and I'm 61 and I still have the name. <laughs>
1: oh, I love it. Well, I have Dr. Debbie right here for you. What's going on with your animal?
12: Well, I have a 14-year-old border collie, and she's had she has bad genes. So she's a um, a puppy male dog, and okay. so I've been I've had problems all all of her life, but. I got her when she was about a year old. Right now, um, the problem is I'm just want to find out what the best um, amount of exercise would be for her. She does have hip dysplasia. And she does have advanced um, arthritis. She does get a lot of care. She goes monthly and gets acupuncture, and she gets chiropractic care, and she's on um, Chinese herbs, and also other um like glucosamine products and has been since she was about four Mm -hmm. um but my what i'm wondering about is if how much exercise she should get
6: okay
5: great question thank you yeah And and you sound like you're tapping into a lot of different uh, modalities to help control pain and how to keep her mobile in her senior years there. So that's that's wonderful. And the hard thing is that this is a difficult question to answer for every pet as a blanket statement. And my response normally is the amount of exercise we want for a senior pet with arthritis depends on their existing muscle tone and strength and um, also what they can tolerate already. So, for instance, my 13 and a half year old dog. We usually get out for walks almost every day, um, and that's something that has helped to maintain some muscle mass. If we have a pet that has lost a lot of muscle tone because they can't move their legs as well and they're arthritic and painful, they're not going to have the stamina to withstand to um, more um, lengthy exercise. So, for some senior pets of that age, you know, I might just say, hey, just take them to the corner and uh, of the block and, t- and bring them home. And in the ways that we do determine how much is enough and not too much is really on how well the pet is tolerating it during the activity. So for walking it's a weight-bearing activity so um, you know weight management is always somewhere in that therapy for dealing with arthritis and how to manage that. So um, we want to just make sure that when we're coming back and returning from our exercise that we're not lagging we're not dragging feet and we're not um, breathing excessively um, hard if we're seeing any of that then we need to cut things back in the activity. And in my guideline of 30 minutes is, you know, for some old dogs, that is more than enough. And some others, 10 minutes might be more than enough. Now, swimming, warmer months of the year, swimming is fabulous. And an older pet, as long as we do this with supervision, they can help to maintain good muscle tone by doing regular swimming activity. And I'm much more apt to get a pet in a water treadmill um, during the cold months um, if you have that opportunity at a, a pet um, a rehabilitation facility or uh, some pools actually have that for pets in their uh, daycare facilities and such. Um, so right. that might be something else that you can do to help maintain that muscle muscle tone without putting a lot of stress on those joints that are, you know, already achy and having some problems.
12: Well, it's funny you say that because um, after she did have ACL surgery um, about five, six years ago, afterwards, I would put a um, harness on her. We have a big pool, so that's not uh-huh. an in-ground pool. Um, I would put a harness on her and a leash, and I would walk around the pool as she'd swim, you know, and, and I did that for therapy. So she's exactly. not a... a She likes to get into the water. She'll get in and lay on the step, so you know it feels good to her. And when we have a lot of um, you know hot summer days, which we do here, so that's that's great. I can do that in the um, in the summer.
5: Yeah, definitely, and and it is so important. And and I I hate to say that you know you shouldn't walk your senior pet if they have arthritis or hip problems, because it really can make a difference to keeping some of those pets mobile into their um, very senior senior years. So um, you just have to use some good sense with that.
12: Right, yeah, because that's I have arthritis too, so I I know I I but I go to the gym regularly, so uh-huh. even though it's not a lot, and there's certain things that are better than others, like swimming is, is very good. Um, but I just try and do every possible thing I can so that she's not in pain, and mm-hmm. and she's I um has, she has been raw fed all her life except for the last couple of years she hasn't been able to her st- stomach is more sensitive, so I cook for her. Um, mm-hmm. So she's been on an excellent diet and I think that's probably one of the reasons why she's so old considering all the problems we've had. With her.
5: Yeah, well Pinky, you sound like you're definitely attentive mom number one. So I, I applaud you on that. Thank you for your call. Thank we you. appreciate you calling into Animal Radio. Thank you very much. Yeah. What's going on,
1: Judy? What are you looking for? How can I help you there? I got it. Nosy little
2: this is Spoken my part of the studio. Desk. No? I know. Stay on my side. Yes.
1: Well, you put the line
2: there I down did. the studio.
1: That's all I'm saying.
2: That's for you, you not for me. You crossed it. Oh, that's yeah. for
1: me. It's, yeah. it's a
0: one-way line, huh?
2: See? You're learning.
0: Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
13: Alan Cable with today's goose story.
2: Lucy, you got some inflaming, dude.
13: That's Bob. He's got some geese that are named after sitcom characters, and they...
2: Just want to stay together.
14: I always loved I Love Lucy.
13: Bob's afraid he might have to get rid of the geese.
15: I said you have 10 days to get rid of it.
13: He lives in the town of Beloit, and there's an ordinance that prohibits his geese. It
15: was a shock.
13: Bob's also disabled, so he's medically allowed to have the geese therapy pets.
15: I have to get up and let them out every day.
13: Bob started a change.org petition that already has a thousand signatures from all over the world.
15: One of the first long distance one was Alaska, and I was excited about that. Then it starts coming in Australia, Germany, Japan, just everywhere.
13: Bob has to pay 200 bucks out of his own pocket to make a variance request and there's no guarantee he'll get to keep his geese.
15: Once something gets in your heart and it's there, it's embedded in you and they're embedded in me and I'm embedded in them. This is Animal Radio.
1: Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog, Ladybug, uses the Brilliant Pad Self-Cleaning Puppy Pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks, and the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at brilliantpad.com.
0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy
1: Francis. Well, thanks for joining us this hour. Very excited about the hero. The hero this week is a guy who I believe stands outside of Los Angeles Coliseum and Mm -hmm. trains pit bulls.
2: Yep. Not only does he train pit bulls, he doesn't charge a penny. He doesn't charge. He's out there every week for free to help these dogs.
1: And that's why he's our hero, and he'll be up in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. I wanted to read this email really fast. This came from Nicholas, Nicholas Nash. Uh, you might remember was our hero 2 3 weeks back the 14 year old who's
2: Nicholas Pethaven.
1: Yeah, he started a, a sanctuary and he's actually building something on some family property. Yep,
2: he's going to have a no-kill shelter.
1: 14 years old he'd be doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Truly amazing. Wow. That's why he was our hero. And I, I did make an off the cuff comment during our interview <laughs> with him. I I mentioned that after looking at his Facebook page that he had actually had more Facebook likes than we do at a Animal lot Radio. More. Yeah. Yes. Oh my. Yeah. I I was a little bit embarrassed by that, and Uh I I did mention that. And so he actually went on to his Facebook page and uh, he uh, put a plea for people to come on over to our Facebook page and and like it. And our Facebook page has gone up gazillions. Shot up, yeah. Because of Nicholas Nash.
5: Thank you, Nicholas. We
1: appreciate that. Yes. I think that's kind of cool when a little 14-year-old kid like that. <laughs> as
5: That's who you need to entrust the Internet to you. You go. really Absolutely. do. Yes. The, the,
1: kids, the kids understand it. they get it. Uh, I was, And you know it's the older ones, the adults that are complete morons like I was.
5: <laughs> like us. Yeah, yeah.
1: We're the morons. I was driving down to the store just before the show today to get a cup of coffee, and there in front of me, a guy has his dog in the back of a pickup with no restraints. And you know, I'm thinking... Number one, if he takes yeah. a turn and the dog doesn't know the dog's out, or if somebody hits him... Yeah
5: or he has to slam on the brakes.
1: Brakes, something Mm. by accident, just crazy, yeah.
5: And and you know what, we actually, actually right now, we are amputating a leg from a dog who (gasps) suffered an injury um, from being in the back of a pickup truck. What happened? And, um, well, basically, uh, was thrown from the truck, uh, had what we call a degloving wound. So um, a degloving wound is where the skin is pretty much just like pulled away, almost like you take off a glove. Mm. And it exposed all the underparts and tissues, and um, the dog... actually started chewing his own leg. So um, we're doing this just to kind of stop that process and uh, allow them to be comfortable. Um, but, you know, and the, the concern is that a lot of people leave their dogs in the back of the truck. Uh, some will tether them with mm-hmm. a leash, which is just as dangerous because they'll choke themselves if you should take a turn, just like you said, or you get hit by a vehicle. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a movement. And I know it's, it's a different way of life in some communities, yep. but, but it is an inherent danger for pets to be mm-hmm. um, in the back of the truck or in the back of a camper where they can get carbon monoxide poisoning oh i totally never thought about dangerous. that yeah well even yeah. just in
2: the back of a car loose is dangerous
5: right well you shouldn't use a seat belt a carrier something to restrain your mm-hmm. pet. Um, by all means is but, yeah, there this- any
1: kind of restraint that works for a pickup truck do you know or i mean what well, should people be doing instead of letting them just roam free in the back of a pickup truck or or tethered in a, in a pickup truck
5: In the back of the truck, if weather permits and you can secure a dog carrier with tie-downs, that would be the way to do it. And, you know, there's a lot of very responsible folks that take their pets hunting, um, and that's how they secure them in the back of the truck. Put them Um, in a
2: crate, yeah, and tether the crate.
1: And that's not the Romney way which, of course, is is just putting it right on the top of the car. No, Let's bring this to people's attention. Because I know the people that are doing it oftentimes don't realize the inherent risk of that. Or or they've done it for
5: so long, and they just haven't had that problem until that one pet. You know, know, I mean, even at
2: least a pickup truck has sides. I've seen them with flatbed trucks. It's just totally flat. It's like, oh, my God, there's no walls on this. Nothing, you know, to protect that dog. At least a truck has, what, two feet or so edge around it. But... uh, yeah, flatbed, and the dog's just standing there balancing. You watch him lean, and when the car, when the vehicle turns, it's crazy.
1: Let's tee up another one for Dr. Debbie. All three of those lines are for Dr. Debbie. Which one? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo? My mother said, no, it's got to be a more scientific way. How about this one? <laughs> Hi, Dolly. How are you doing?
9: I'm doing okay. How about yourself?
1: You know, there was a Stan, and there was a George on the other line, but I just liked your name better, so that's why I picked this line.
9: <laughs> oh, how cute. And I look like a doll. I may be 67, but I don't look it. Oh, you certainly
1: don't sound it either. What's going on with you?
9: My cat. I I love animals. I love all kinds of animals. I mean, I pick them up, bring them home, three legs, no (laughs) legs, whatever. Find homes for them. But um, last year, uh, a a stray cat. I live in a trailer park, okay? And a cat had kittens. She only had three little kittens. But the runt she would not feed him, and and he was next door, and um, the guy wouldn't get him for me. I got in this big ar- argument. Anyway, I finally got the kitty, and I call him Smarty Pants because he is smart. He watches. <laughs> when I get up in the morning, I wash my face. He's sitting on my sink. He's watching me wash my face. He watches me put my makeup. He follows me like a child, and I love that. Mm-hmm and and, and uh, in the morning he'll uh, when i lean forward he rubs my nose like i'm his mommy cuz i am mm-hmm. and sometimes he'll just grab a hold of it but <gasps> what smarty pants does and he's i mean he's just a little kitten but he scares me because he i had him neutered and uh he'll he'll eat you know and he'll go out maybe for an hour or two or sometimes just a half hour and it's like He's telling me he owns me because he'll come in, and if I do not, I know, I know when he wants a nibble. It's not that he wants a whole plate. He just wants me to put some food out for him. Okay, so let me ask you. Can I?
5: I'm going to interrupt you. When he asks you for food, do you give it to him?
9: Well, yeah, because he bites me, or uh, uh, he claws me and bites me. I got witnesses. (sighs) Dolly, dolly, dolly. (laughs) You're mad he, at me cuz I feed him. I said what do you want me to do? He's going to claw the heck out of me. All right, That's well he's got, he he's got you I trained.
5: He's got you trained, darling. He he's he's telling you what he wants. You got it. You've I got this whole that. thing figured out. But, so you but, need but, to stop but, it. But I don't want to get bitten. He I mean he
9: he swipes me. I mean you know, I don't trailer's not very big. My table's okay. right there and I mean, sometimes I don't move fast enough, and he lays into me. Like I said, he's got such a sweet nature. Other than that, it's like he has never, when he plays with my hands,
5: He'll get my hand. He never uses his claws. Stop, Dolly. Stop. Okay, okay. Dolly, I have to interrupt you again because you are describing all of the things that are causing the problem. So mm-hmm. when, when he's meowing or he's demanding food, you give it to him. When he's yes, playing, he's biting you your hand. Me. Never, never, never. We do not ever want your hand to be a plaything for a cat and certainly not one who is very um, bite motivated. So we need you to stop. And we're gonna retrain you.
9: (laughs) This is this is where it all starts. (laughs) I I need retraining all around.
5: Okay. Well great. We can do this.
9: So grateful.
5: Okay, so we can do this. And what you're gonna need to do is about three to four times a day, I'm gonna ask you to schedule playtime with him. And playtime is going to be where your hands are not part of the playthings. You need to get different style toys, sometimes the feathers toys that are on the little wires, things with an extension where your hands are not in the direct line of fire. And we want to schedule that playtime and then have different uh, toys that you're going to vary because cats get bored. You can't expect them to play for 10 minutes with one toy. They're kind of like, come on, give me something else. This is really boring. So you got to have like a repertoire. So you got to have like three to four different 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 toys during that five minutes to 10 minutes, and you're going to play with them. Now, what you need to do is you need to be very savvy at reading his behavior, because a lot of cats, when they're really overstimulated and they're going to bite out of just excitement, you're going to notice differences in his body language. You may notice his ears. You may notice his eyes darting back and forth, looking in other directions. What you need to do is stop that playtime and give him something edible. Give him something to do, some great uh, toys that are out there where you can hide food in them you can actually take just a cardboard box and cut out holes and put food inside there and you redirect your kitty to that after your play session so that gets you out of the loop so he won't come after you and attack you very very important for a kitty that bites um and then you want to make sure you do this like i said three to four times a day
9: then how long is that that three to four times i mean i i just you know, I'll, I'll play with him all day. I don't care. I just, I love the cat. I, I mean, he sleeps on my belly or he sleeps in my mm-hmm. face or, you know, and, and um, he has, an, uh I've never really had a cat growl at a person, but there was somebody in my backyard at night, and I, and I can't see because it's dark, but he growled, and when I looked, there was yeah. somebody out there.
5: Yeah, well, you know what, Dally, every cat's a little different. So I can't say, I would say some kitties, it may be a two-minute play session, and they're starting to get kind of wired and out of control. And so that's when you're going to need to, to cease that play session. Other cats, you can take it to 10 minutes. So you'll probably need to work on two- to three-minute play sessions and do that several times a day. Um And it's important. We don't want to, after this play session, we don't want to lock him up. We don't want to, like, put him in isolation because that's not really going to achieve anything. So you want to make sure you give him something else to do usually food-motivated type things. That's going to be the really important thing. And, you know, in some situations, this might be a great reason a veterinarian would recommend a second cat.
9: He's looking for food, but this time, I'm sorry, forgive me, I want to get bit, so I left the food a little bit in the. Di- He's only going to take four or five bites. But all right. If I well, I didn't have that out here. He would have bit me and snack. I'm telling you. All
5: so- right. Well, Dolly, there are tools you can use. So I'm going to mention something else. There is, um, there are um, automatic feeders that will dispense food and get you out of the loop. And that is something you can get one of those, put a battery in it, and you can have it dispense food six times a day for him. And it's a great way for a cat that is biting a person for food to get your hands out of this whole situation and for him not to be dependent on you physically for the food now i'm going to tell you to give food as a reward after your play session but at other times you do not want to be the one putting it down after his demands it's going to take work so you just got to find that strength from within okay dolly
9: well yes i they love temptations i have more than one cat i actually have three i rescued two but the trailer park people don't like take care of their cat so i do monday comes over here sleeps with me well they know they know
1: your number they all have your number they know exactly
9: and i will feed them (laughs) i'm not going to have them go hungry or thirsty
1: okay dolly you do.
9: i will go hungry before they
1: will okay bless your heart yes you are give them a big old hug from all of us and thanks for calling and listening to animal radio you're listening to
0: animal radio call the dream team now with the free animal radio app for iphone and android
12: all of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind.
1: It is uh, Animal Radio. We are celebrating our connection with your pets. Questions for Doctor Debbie, or uh, well, I gotta say, do- Dog Father Joey Volani, not here today. Why? Why is he not here? Do you know why he's not here? Yes, I do. Okay, I guess it's a secret. It's a secret.
2: You want me to tell you?
1: He's on super secret vacation, wherever. No, he's not
2: here? on vacation. He it's actually he's actually working.
1: Oh, he is working. Yes, he is. Okay, well, he's not working here today. No, I can tell you that much. But he's
2: you know he's got another gig, probably one that pays. <laughs> We can
1: answer uh, his questions, can't we? Sure. And then, of course, Dr. Debbie can answer really any questions. In fact, a lot of times people will come up to her and say, you know, my, my doctor is kind of expensive or I can't get an appointment with my doctor. <laughs> and they'll ask about a goiter or something that's...
2: Can you look at this doc on my yes. back? What is this rash? <laughs> yeah.
1: She doesn't do that, by the
2: way. No, she doesn't like that.
1: Uh, let's see. Oh, this is cool. This is really cool. Is he on the phone now? Oh, we, He is. We have uh, Chris Rotunda on the phone. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Very good. So you put together this website called YouMustLoveDogsDating.com, dot uh, com, where you hook up people that are pet owners. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, sir. What was the need for? Th- Please don't call me sir. That's my dad. What was the need <laughs> for that?
15: Um, you know, I it's from personal experience too. I had I have four dogs of my own, and I um, had problems with relationships in the past, and I saw. An opportunity for a niche-based dating site to be built um, to bring pet lovers together, and I kind of took it and went with it, and it's doing good so far. And we're just uh, excited for the future with it.
1: I think it's kind of important that whoever you're dating likes your animals. So I guess this is a pretty cool idea. Did you have a bad experience?
15: Yeah. In- uh, yes, I did. I actually had a relationship in the past where I had two dogs, and so did the other woman. And apparently, she inherited them from a family member, and she didn't take care of them. And during the breakup, actually, she just left them. So that's how I ended up before.
1: So let's say uh, we want to use the website, but where are some places that we can go to to meet these people that are, uh, you know, have pets and that want to yeah, date you can't
15: go to a there's restaurant a, there's a good place. or movies well actually believe it or not, a lot of restaurants are becoming more dog friendly but also there's dog beaches there's dog parks i mean even starbucks in general you can go to the outside seating and um there's they allow pets too now which it's a uh, it's a lot easier to find pet lovers and pet owners out there today than it ever has been
1: when did you start your website
15: uh just a little under a year ago
1: okay and how is it going so far
15: it's going good. We have a lot of video testimonials that we have on there. Um, our YouTube channel is growing as we've been on a few uh, talk shows, uh, TV talk shows, in the past couple weeks. Um, we have we have pulled surveys. We have seen couples. We haven't had any marriages yet. <laughs> but um, it seems to be uh, coming together really well. Even on Facebook, it's becoming very interactive.
1: So if somebody comes to the website, they got to fill out, what are they got to put down? they got to put down the type of dog they have. Uh, does that matter?
2: Or how crazy they are about their animals. Yes. Are you one of those crazy? Do they sleep cat with their ladies? animals? because yes. that could
1: be very important.
15: <laughs> oh, that's very. It is very important. I actually started dating a girl that never had a dog before. I wasn't a huge dog lover, but believe it or not, over the year that we've been together, she's definitely transitioned into a dog lover. <laughs> so I know how the, how hard that is to kind of bring the two together.
6: Oh, no, it, it, it
1: definitely, I wasn't a dog yeah. lover until my wife got a dog, and she wanted it for her 50th, so I said, well, okay, if it's what you want, then get it. I didn't want it around, but I really fell in love with the dog, and it oh, yeah. changed me around to a dog person myself.
2: You don't know oh, what absolutely. you're missing until you get them. Well, I know.
15: That's true. That's true. Very true.
1: Now, you have a couple of dogs right now, two or three dogs?
15: I actually have four dogs.
1: <laughs> okay. Your first one was uh, Rocky, is
2: that correct?
15: Rocky, he's an 18-year-old poodle that I've had actually since I was 8 years old.
2: He's 18?
15: Yeah, he's been around a long time.
2: Well, yeah, we were trying to figure that out. We we saw when you were 8, and we thought, how can you still have a dog since you were 8 years old? It's oh, yes. a long it's time.
15: A, you're a young chap. Yes, I am. Uh, I just turned 27 on Saturday.
2: So there's no cat's... Dating thing, it's not. If you, I'm, have,
15: I'm surprised it's not. But no, I went with the, just the instead just of just doing dogs. animals, I just went strictly for dog lovers.
2: You didn't answer my question from before.
1: So when somebody goes to the website, do they have to put up pictures of their dogs, or uh, tell them what kind of dogs they have, or, or oh, her, yes. what? What's no, the, all...
15: profile, the profile creation is is almost like a two for one. We have like two profiles in one. You create a profile for yourself and then you kind of pre- create a profile for your dog which it's obviously it's linked together in the same profile but um you can do pictures videos um all kinds of things about what your dogs who your dogs get along with best because some dog breeds don't get along very well with each other.
2: Yeah. How- people ahead. always lie on those profiles Are sure people putting up two dogs when they really have six and things yeah. like that.
15: <laughs> That's what we do to get an apartment of course. Yeah. How much does yeah, this cost? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm definitely guilty of that. How much does this cost? Uh, we have three different membership types. We have a one-month, a three-month, and a six-month. We also have a 30-day free trial, which everyone can just test it out for 30 days, see if they like it. But um, it ranges from 29 a month to just 15 a month our commitment members, for six months, it's 15 95 a month.
1: Sounds good. Well, Chris, I'm going to put the links to everything about this over at AnimalRadio.com. I wish you the best of luck. Let us know. Call us at a year. Yeah,
2: we want to hear about the first, first marriage.
1: marriage. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, too. You're awesome. Thanks Thank for, you. for doing Thank what you're doing. You. Bye.
2: There you go. I tell you, who knew years ago that this kind of thing would be a way to make money?
3: I know. Do you know why I think it's going to work great in terms of really great relationships? Why? because dogs are good judges of character so if your dog approves the other person then then that's like a vote of confidence that yeah this is a decent person you're going out with so dog to dog approval on people yeah i think that's a facet that all these other places are missing yeah see i did that with my cat i dated some guys and my cat just did not
2: like them so what did you do kick them to the curb oh yeah what did you say my cat doesn't like you well, no, yeah. but it made me look at them and then I saw things that I didn't like. So I didn't have to say my cat doesn't
3: like you. I thought, yeah, this guy is kind of. Yeah, yeah. No, no good. No, I, I I threw a guy out once because really? my cat didn't like him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what did you yeah. say? My cat doesn't like you?
3: <laughs> he he was he my cat did not like him. Tyrone was my cat. Tyrone uh-huh. did not like him. Tyrone don't like and, you. No, Ty did not like him. And he did not like Ty. And Ty jumped up on the bed, and he kind of tossed Ty off the bed. Oh. Not just that little push you sometimes give a cat. Kind of a little oh. bigger push. And I said, you know what? Oh, rough.
1: Out. He, get, out get out of the bed. Get, yeah, get 2 out in of the bed. morning. Get You're out of outta here.
3: Yeah, this is yeah. his bed. He was here first. Yeah, I know. I, sa- I said, Ty's been here longer than you. This is Ty's house. Ty doesn't like you. I don't like you either. Get out of my house. Henry Education.
8: Hi, this is Burt Ward, Robin from the TV series
9: Batman. You've got to keep listening to Animal Radio. Wowie zowie. They've got the best information. It's so entertaining. To the Batmobile citizens.
4: Hey, everybody, this is Billy Dean, and you're listening to
3: Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update. This is Tammy Trujillo. Most of us think our pets are cute, really cute, but what makes them cute? According to researchers, floppy ears, patches of white, younger faces, and smaller jaws are the ways to determine cuteness. And they are all traits that actually Charles Darwin noticed 140 years ago. A research team at Humboldt University in Berlin thinks the traits actually may be linked to the domestication of animals. And they'd explain things like why wolves look wild while their relatives, our domestic dogs, really don't. It could also explain similar differences between domestic and wild felines, birds, and even fish. The theory hasn't been tested yet, but that could happen soon as researchers map out the genes of domestic animals. There are now safety guidelines for pet safety harnesses. The Centers for Pet Safety is behind this first scientific approach to pet product safety ever in the U.S., and it's providing guidelines now for pet product manufacturers. It's harness- crash worthiness study outlines what safety harness restraints need to do to protect pets and people's lives in the event of a car crash the center has even created a series of crash test dogs they're like the crash test dummies that are used by automakers to check out safety features in cars for us the certification of the harnesses is a voluntary program but products that pass the test will qualify for a safety certified seal on their product packaging Well, I love it when something proves how much animals are being recognized as important parts of our lives. Homebuilder Standard Pacific Homes is now building and selling homes with amenities that not only cater to people but to dogs in 27 of its 190 developments from Florida to California. The most lavish features a 170-square-foot pet paradise. Look at at these. It comes with a step-in wash station, handheld sprayer, a leash lead, the walls and the floors are all tile. There's a drying area with a commercial size pet dryer, if you want to use that. A water station, automated feeders, bunk-style beds, cabinets for the toys and treats, a stackable washer and dryer, an attached puppy run, and of course, there's a flat-screen TV. For your dogs, of course. Mm -hmm. Standard & Pacific decided to offer the pet suites after the company did several livability studies with homeowners. Real estate experts say building homes designed to accommodate pets and cater to them is a new concept, but pet accommodations in remodels, they've apparently been going on for some time. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
2: You get
1: the hero? I
2: did, got our hero. He's did you have online. the right number? I did.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't want to lose him here. This yeah. is very cool. Looking our hero of the week comes highly regarded. The dog man, Cornelius Austin, out of L.A., I believe now uh, on the phone with us. Hey, Cornelius, how are you doing? How are you doing today? Very good. Now, I understand you're doing some pretty awesome work. You're training pit bull owners down there in the L.A. area. Is that correct?
14: Oh, yes. Where is your office I'm at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum every Sunday from 9 to 1130.
1: Wow that's a pretty big arena you mean inside or outside
14: I'm on the outside I'm right I'm right in front of the Coliseum the statues.
1: so you're training pitbull owners outside uh, the Coliseum basically in the parking lot right
14: uh, it's, it's, it's like it's like by the arenas right? It's right next to the Coliseum. Okay. Not too far from the parking lot. Big, they gave me a big area where I can help the dog.
1: Oh, great. Now, how much mm-hmm. are you charging for this?
14: I, I charge it. I don't charge a dime. I do it for free. I'm trying to help wow. the bulls and help help people save these dogs. That's what I'm here for.
1: You know they're getting a bad rap, aren't they?
14: Well, you know, like I always tell everybody, it's not the dog. It's the owners. Yeah. You know, uh, like I said, we just saved a lot of dogs from being euthanized out the shelters and stuff like that. So I go every... Saturday from 7 30 to 10 and help all the dogs at the shelter. Wow. Wow. You know, as well.
1: This must be personal for you, huh?
14: Well, I just love doing what I do. I just, I just love helping people and helping dogs.
2: How did you learn?
14: Well, I've, I've been doing this for now for like 22 years. I had two friends that taught me how to train dogs and it all started from the Coliseum. I met all my friends at the Coliseum, both of them deceased. So hmm. they just left me with the passion you just go forward helping dogs and helping people.
2: How many people show up at your you know, training session every week?
14: Well some, uh, sometime I have fifty to sixty people.
5: Whoa. holy you know, how do you can cont- how do you manage that many dogs, especially if they're boisterous and maybe not well trained yet?
14: Well you know what? You know what? It's a gift from God because you know what? I'm able to help everybody to bring their dog to me. Well that's so I good. have time for everybody. You know, and you know what? And you know what, I just solved a lot of problems too. By helping people with their dogs, too. Well, let me ask. It takes time.
1: I got to ask you this. You know, you say it's the owners. It's not so much the dog, but it's the owners. Are the owners that, uh, you know, kind of train their dogs wrong? They're not going to show up there anyway, are they?
14: Well, you, you're right, because, them are, you know, you got bad owners, bad breeders. You know, they can't make a lot of money off the pit bulls. So what they do, they throw them out on the street. So an innocent lady go to the shelter that don't know nothing about the, the breed, and the, the women are the ones that are saving the dogs, not the mm-hmm. men. know, so yeah. with the pit bulls, majority of the men is the ones throw them in garbage cans and left them behind. Yeah. So we have a lot of these ladies mm-hmm. out here that went out to these, goes out to these shelters, and they rescue the pit bulls. So when they come... And they need help. That's what I'm there for to help them. I'm not going to charge them a dime to help them because I want to save the breed. That is the way to do it. You know what? I I'm, can't do it by myself.
1: No, you surely can't. You know what? I blame. I blame people like, uh, like. Well, I don't want to say me, but the media. You know the the TV and the the radio. As soon as they hear about something bad that happens with the pit bull, they get all over it and they make uh, this pit bull out as a villainous little animal. And uh, they have a hard time getting adopted at the shelters. I bet.
14: Yes. I mean, we have so many at the shelter. I mean, lovely pit bulls, you know, are being euthanized. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do everything in my power to help these dogs where they won't be euthanized find them good homes. On July the 26th and the 27th, they got a uh, discount for pit bulls, chihuahuas, and cats. That's through the 26th and the 27th. They're giving a discount for all dogs at all city shelters.
1: And that's in the L.A. area, right?
14: Yes, all L.A. Uh, city shelters.
1: Well, you know, it's that time of year.
14: Right, and we're just trying we try to help them get out of there because there's so many dogs being euthanized, and these dogs have wonderful personalities. You know, and well, people look do. at dogs do. and think dog, just dog, but dogs have feelings and they have heart.
5: What kind of things do you tell a, a, a new pit bull owner that things that they might need to do different than, say, if they've had a Labrador or a poodle in the past?
14: Okay, if you have a pit bull. Okay, if you rescue a pit bull, always remember the dog do not know you. And a lot of dogs is from the shelter. They're already hurt. they already been hurt because they missed their original owners.
6: Uh-huh. So when
14: you get a spray off the street, you know, the people at the shelter don't even know the correct age. So I tell everybody, you always want to treat them real gentle, you know, and always consult with a professional dog trainer that know what they're doing, you know, where you can get some help.
6: Yep. Mm-hmm.
14: you know mainly if you're a woman that's getting a pit bull because sometimes you rescue these dogs from the shelter you don't know what these pit bulls been through you know if they can talk they have a lot to tell you <laughs> i bet yeah. you know that's what i'm here for and like i said i'm just one person hey i i, I do everything i can do to help the breed Since not pit bulls all dogs yeah. how, many, how many dogs you do know? you have i have four
1: were they uh, pit bulls that you tried to train and couldn't, or are they oh, just...
14: No, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, no it's, it's no pit bull that you that you can't train, like I tell everybody, it just takes time. Yeah. If you don't have the time, you shouldn't even get involved.
1: You're right about that.
14: Everything is time. Yep. You know, if you don't have the time, it's not for you. Yep. You know, go do something else. Go play baseball. Go play football. Because this, this year, we have a lot of dogs that have issues, and it takes time.
1: Yep. Amen. You Can know? I get a witness on that? Yep. Cornelius, right. when is your next clinic, free clinic? And how often do these happen out there?
14: This is Every Sunday. I'm there every Sunday from 9 to 11, sometimes 12 o'clock, you know, because I always have uh, people bringing different dogs to me, and I always got to take take time to help everybody. I leave no one behind.
1: You're a good man. You got a Facebook
14: page, too, people should check out? You can go to uh, Fit for Life, free dog training. And puts up Dog Man.
1: I will put a link over at animalradio.com. Cornelius Austin, you are our hero of the week for what you're doing there in L.A. Thank you so much.
14: Can I get one more shout out to a special lady? Absolutely. From Angel City Pit. She was uh, rescuing a pit bull. I don't know what breed it was, but she was rescuing a dog. And she lost her life. Mm. She's from Angel City Pit, and her oh name is Christine gosh. Reiser.
1: Christine Reiser.
14: Wow. Yeah, from Angel City Pit. Wow. All the rescuers is hurt today. I'm one of them. that's hurt today because we lost someone that was very important. They love animals, and she lost her life trying to help her injured animal. And she lost her life. So um, oh, wow. my shout go out to her and her family.
1: Okay. Wow. There you Sorry go. Sorry to
14: hear okay. that. Thank you much. Y'all have a good day now. You take care of yourself. All
1: right. There he goes, Cornelius Austin, also known as the Dog Man. We'll put links over at uh, AnimalRadio.com, our hero of the week.
2: Yeah, you know, he says it, it takes more than just one person, but boy, this one person is making a big difference. You know what, he's uh, oh my God, he's
6: amazing.
1: He, well, he is amazing. And you know what, he may not uh, be as skilled as, you know, your your regular trainer, but that doesn't matter. He has the Mm-mm. motivation has to go out there and, and passion. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
3: He loves those dogs. And, you know, we have a pit bull here, Lucenae. Oh, do you? And she's, oh, yeah, we've had her since she was eight days old. Uh-huh. Um, and she's a big, muscular, huge dog, very powerful dog. But I got to tell you, she has got a heart of gold. Yeah. I have other dogs, too. But Lucenae, that dog is just pure joy and love. And I know she would do anything in the universe for me. Pitbulls are, they're amazing dogs.
0: Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio. And be sure to adopt and not shop.
8: They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1584 877-247-1584 877-247-1584. 877-247-1584
0: Live at the Red Barn Studios. You're listening to Animal Radio.
1: Here's Hal and Judy. We go to Rick. Hey Rick. Hey, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Not too bad. What's up? I've got up. A, a man soon. Oh, Maine Coon.
5: Uh, is it a Maine Coon? I think it's a Maine. Doctor, is it a Maine Coon? Yeah, Maine Coon. Like Maine, like the state. Maine. Yeah, it's okay, a Maine It's Coon. a big cat.
1: Okay.
6: Yeah. Uh,
13: it's from uh, Cedar Springs, Michigan. It was a feral cat, a barn cat. And uh, we got him, and then we got his sister from uh, another father, I think, I'm pretty sure. And uh, But he's uh, he's a he's a big cat, and she's just a small, little, beautiful little cat. They're both beautiful cats, but uh, had them both declawed, and they both, both had their shots and everything, and... Uh, but uh, he's going on two years old, and he he loves to bite. And when he bites, uh, he he leaves a, a a mark. I mean, he leaves pain.
5: <laughs> oh, okay. What's what seems to be happening before he bites you?
13: Um. So he starts wagging his tail and his ears go back, says watch out. He's getting ready to bite.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. That's and absolutely. I, I think
13: he's just. I think he's just playing because one day on the porch. Uh, these, by the way, these cats they live like kings. Uh, they've got a, a door that I installed in the in the double-hung window that she won't tell me how much she paid for it. Uh, <laughs> just, but I was sitting on the porch one day and he, he lunged over at my leg and bit my leg and ran. So he, I, I'm thinking he's just plain, but uh, it hurt.
5: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the, the lowdown on cat aggression is that there are a lot of different triggers and a lot of different underlying causes for aggression. So, for instance, some of the most common causes of cats biting people um, can be play-related aggression. So they're actually playing with you, and then it just goes too far, and they bite you. Um, There's also Uh what we call... There's what we call petting intolerance. So you're petting your cat, thinking everything's going great, and they become overstimulated, and then they oh, lash yeah. out and bite you. There's other things. Uh-huh. There's you know fear. There's some status-related kind of dominance stuff, um, redirected right. aggression. So something kind of startles them or upsets them, and you're the closest thing. So the challenge is to find out in the particular kitty situation what might be the problem. What's the trigger, if you will? So if it's right. something, and, and I'm going to simplify things quite a bit here, if it's just something simple simple as you're petting this cat and then he bites you then um that for me is uh, shame on you (laughs) because for cats there there is a there is a fine line cats aren't dogs they don't like to be um, petted for uh long periods of time they become overstimulated So when your wife says, yeah, all these things are physically happening, the tail is swishing back and forth, you know, the ears are going back, the eyes are squinting is looking side to side, that is your, your signal that you need to stop. Yeah. And you need to cease contact with kitty before that escalates into a bite. And for some cats, it may be uh, you have to back off on petting altogether. Um, you may just need to pet for a few minutes and then cease it. Yeah, he's do not, not he's talk not to that Katie. Bad.
13: You have to be uh, you have to be very very much aware, and uh, he he bit our house uh, our, our our cleaning lady here a few weeks.
5: Oh my goodness, <laughs> this is getting serious. So he
13: go and I, I think once again he was just playing, you know. And uh, uh, my wife's like, well, she I can't believe Spike's not bit her yet, and uh, he finally did, you know. And uh, but. Um, And I I really think he's he's just playing, and like you say, the tolerance. You know, I'm aware. My wife's aware that uh, you know, cats uh, they they rule you. You don't rule them. You know.
5: Well, and that that does cross the line though. Um when humans are becoming injured, um, that's where I draw the line. So I'm gonna yeah. say, Yeah, cats will be cats and they wanna play, but if it escalates into biting humans, that's where we we do need to take action. And I will tell you that, uh how do you play with do you play with this kitty at times? Do you kind of uh No, no, toys? we never
13: did. Even from when we brought it down from Michigan to North Carolina. Um uh, called him my dash cat, he left to be up on the dashboard and uh mm-hmm. But no, there was never, never any, uh, any rough play. I mean, I, I work seventy hours a week. My wife works uh, probably about the same, and uh, mm-hmm. they have the rule of the roost. And uh, but uh, no, there's never really. There was a time when I drank a bottle of red wine and he and I got into it.
5: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, so Rick, I'm going to tell you the, the things that you can do to help out the situation are going to be definitely to anticipate what triggers these problems. And you may need to keep a log, keep a track of it in a little notebook. What situations uh-huh. are happening? What happened to the maid before this happened? You know, or is it always when you're like walking down the hallway and he wanted? attention. And then we have to address those situations. You, so if a cat just, is attacking you, just,
13: you... You just hit one of the triggers right there, he'll attack you when you're walking down the hallway. He'll so the he, lunge at you and stuff. He, he lunged at my wife one time and left a bruise on her leg.
5: Yep. And and you know what? It's They're very similar in dogs in that they'll do negative behaviors for attention. So he wanted uh-huh. your attention, you probably screamed, you said, hey, stop that! And, and he got what he wanted. So the trick is, for a cat that does that kind of thing, that kind of attacks when you're walking down the hallway, you have to be prepared for a Diversion. So we can't and, and discipline we cats.
13: And we are. I mean, my wife will bust his ass just as I will. You know, part of my language. <laughs> Beat the thing, but swat him on the butt, you know. And, nope, but, nope, uh, stop
5: that. Stop it right now. You cannot do that. Okay. Cats are not dogs. Yes, so yes, as soon as you respond with uh, physical corrections with a cat you are escalating things so you can you cannot swat at them you cannot chase them you cannot do anything physically that's going to help it's only going to make it worse because their excitement and their anxiety level goes higher so the strategy that you need to do when you have a cat that is prone to attacking you down the hallway coming after you you have to have a redirection now some cats we can do clicker training with so that if you want to get their attention you can actually train them to little clickers and use that as like a food-based reward so you train them to the clicker um, at other times and then you give them a toy or a treat or something like that. And then with time you repeat oh. that, repeat that behavior. And you can look at this online. There's some great videos online. It's really quite interesting. Um, you train uh-huh. them to the clicker and that becomes something that you can kind of collect their attention. So if you see the kitty's kind of stalking you down the hallway, you get the clicker, you got the clicker <kuck> And a lot of them will just kind of click right out of it. And they're like, oh, I get a treat. And then they'll, they'll kind of cease that behavior. The other tricks you can do are actually to have a cat toy or have a food item on your person and if you're in those situations use that as a distraction or diversion Um, i do not recommend using water squirt guns to squirt your cats in the face if they're aggressive and doing these type of things that too will escalate the situation
1: well once again it has just flown by have yourself a great week
5: bye-bye bye
4: Bye. this is animal
5: radio
6: Network. network